I assure you that I guess. Let me into this. I'm gonna get this all set up. Hey, people. Awesome. Um, finishing touches on getting this all started. What's up, guys? Sorry, I'm uh, currently talking with uh, JD and Heidi. Um, and I'm getting the stream shared. If you guys are in here right now, I appreciate you. Share it out because we're trying to get some people in here to actually see this and uh, hear what they have to say. Uh, I'm going to kind of go through a little bit of a cadence and what we're going to be um, covering, what we're going to be discussing with uh, Becca's parents and um, what, uh, yeah, what it's like dealing with this firsthand. Um, just gonna do a couple shares, bear with me real quick. said they're frozen, so they're rebooting. Okay. Tell them I'm going to tag him here in just a sec. How are all of y'all's day? Thank you for joining so far. We have Katie, Maria, Sam, your sister. What up, Sam? <laughs> what up, everybody else? I wrote in there that if they have the questions to put little stars in them. Yes, if you guys do have questions, uh, go through the chat, put the little asterisks. Let us know if you guys are We're gonna give it hearing us, enjoying it. A couple more minutes probably to get them um, just to get us all situated, get some more people in the chat. Let us. Uh, and just to give you guys kind of a, a heads up, so they are in Germany. There's a little bit of a delay in terms of um, in terms of what you know. If we're talking to them, there might be a little bit of a of a delay in when they answer. Um, and they have their feeds already froze a couple of times, so we may need to disconnect and reconnect uh, during the process. So 
but we're doing our best. There's no expectations right now. So we're just, we're <laughs> excited that, uh, you know, JD wanted to do this. He actually came up with the idea. Someone, uh, well, someone gave him the idea that he should write about it because, uh, you know, he, his, that's what he, that's what he does professionally. I'll let him kind of go through that with all of you guys, but, um, you know, he, uh, he, wanted to share this with people wants to share this experience and wants you guys to be able to hear firsthand or hear firsthand accounts of what it's like um you know especially since we're not really getting that now right you watch the news and you 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 scroll through your facebook feeds and your social media feeds and uh it's a lot of doom and gloom i've been you know that's something that i've been saying as of late and it's uh you know it's probably best that we all get a perspective that is actually insightful and is able to share what it's like and uh, what to expect, but also to, uh, you know, get the insight of what they're dealing with on the other side of the world. You know, they're in, in Europe and Germany uh, and getting hit a little bit differently. Things are getting handled a little bit differently out there. So it's going to be interesting to kind of hear what they have to say about it. Uh, they're actually in the chat as well. Um, I did send them the link. I don't know if they got that. Um, for the sake of them, uh, you know, not having to talk for too long, we're going to keep this to probably about a half hour, 45 minutes, but we're also going to give them whatever time they need to uh, go through with it and uh, answer your guys' questions. So really giving them the floor, but I wanted to kind of set the cadence with you guys and what to expect. Uh, so I'm going to get them added here in just a second. Um, once they do come in, I'm going to have them introduce themselves, kind of give them uh, or give you guys a little bit of insight into who they are and what they do. And then we'll take it from there. Cool. Good. good. You want to yeah. call them in? Cool. Yep. All right. Hi, Dad. Hi, Heidi. Hi. Hello. How there. are you? How are you? Good. Good to see you, Dad. How are you guys doing? All right. Yeah. Oh, you know trying to survive <laughs> yes well introduce yourselves to our audience that doesn't know you you're i mean they know you as my dad and heidi so <laughs> Just whatever you well, have for background info where, I where am, are you in germany how did you uh, we are in germany due to my husband john manley's job uh which is uh for the united states Africa. The command, we have been here since about the middle of June in 2018. And up until uh, dealing with COVID, we have really been enjoying living and traveling in Europe. But uh, COVID has certainly stopped us in our tracks, as it has many. Yes. Sure. And obviously, I'm Becca's dad. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I uh, work as an as a civilian for the army uh, here in Stuttgart, Germany. And until this hit us uh, to do this, you know, as Heidi said, we've been spending a lot of time traveling and having a good time and enjoying Europe. And this pandemic that has hit the entire world uh, has certainly put a damper on some of that, but it's, um, uh, yeah, it's, I wanted to come on and talk with you and your audience in order to, give an idea of what it's like to live through this, because if you don't think it's coming, you might be a little bit wrong about that because it is coming and you got to pay attention now 
to what you're doing in order to protect yourself because you do not want to go through this. Uh, you don't, you don't want to live through, well, you do want to live through COVID if you get it, but you don't want to get it, uh, because it is not a fun thing. Um, I would also say that I am the source of COVID-19 in our household because I had traveled, um, actually I took a, (laughs) of all things, a cruise ship, but it was the maiden voyage on a cruise ship of a brand new ship, which had no health issues whatsoever on the ship. It was supposed to have gone to New York and out of an abundance of caution, it went directly to its home port in Miami. So I then had to fly from Miami to New York. I had always planned to be in New York anyway because I had been a resident of New York City for more than 30 years and wanted to visit family and friends there. So I did spend five days in New York City. Uh, Two days were at uh, a friend's father's funeral, but he had died of dementia-related complications, and it had nothing to do with COVID. And it was immediately prior to pretty much ground stop of flights in the United States. So uh, fortunately, there were relatives who came from Michigan and Atlanta for that funeral. And uh, I did have the chance to see a Broadway show and go to a uh, jazz club. And I have no idea where I picked up COVID, but I'm certain I am the source of it. I tested positive. And given that John was exposed to me, um, I'm certain I am the source of how he contracted it. So that you know in New York have it like anyone that you did interact. No one I knew in New York had it. Um, No one at that point. People were not really being tested. Um, So, if anyone I um, met with who was a friend or family member um, had it, we were all unaware of it, including them. So, you know, I I passed through lots of different places in New York. I did not take the subway. I used um, taxis or I I was just walking from. So um, I I also passed through JFK um, and also spent five and a half hours in Heathrow Airport on my way back. And who knows happening in the. Heathrow Lounge uh, before I boarded the plane that came back to Stuttgart. But yeah, so go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask what like the first symptom was or the first little indicator that you did get it. Did you start feeling sick once you got back to Germany and how soon after? I arrived uh, Thursday, March 12th in, in the evening and I started feeling ill Saturday, March 14th. I would say the first um, signs of illness were a fever and headache, chills, chills, body ache. I lost my sense of taste and smell for at least 10 days. Um, I had a fever for more than two weeks. Uh, I have never in this 60 on this planet, I have never been this ill in my entire life. Nor have I felt like, well, you know, I might not wake up tomorrow morning. I, and I, that I am not given to 
exaggeration. That is the God's honest truth. 10 days ago on Saturday night, I wasn't sure that I was going to wake up the next morning. It's awful. And I am normally in excellent health. I have been blessed with excellent health. So to be taken down by this, it, it has nothing to do with any pre-existing condition. I was in excellent health. But that's the thing too is, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna, we had somebody ask if anybody you know now in New York that is also positive. Sure. Um, I do. I know some people that are that have been positive. I just learned about them uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, uh, luckily, uh, most people that we know are social distancing. Uh, they're doing the right things and staying away from people and and paying attention to what's going on. Uh, it's been very hard people that are there uh, in, in New York. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we do know some people, uh, friends of friends um, have died of it. Uh, there are some, you know, we, we have been involved in the acting community among other things. And there have been some actors who have passed away uh, that are, have acted with friends of ours who are also actors uh, and, but yeah, and it's here, uh, here in Stuttgart, uh, I'm in the command that I'm at, um, we're, we, we, from the command that I'm in decided early on to social distance, to do our meetings via video teleconference, uh, or telephone, uh, from our own offices. We stopped meeting as groups right at the beginning of March. Uh, and took this, and luckily uh, there have only been about six or seven in the command that I'm in who have come out positive. However, in the greater Stuttgart area for the Department of Defense, this is the largest concentration of military people in the entire Department of Defense, uh, whether they're military, civilian, family members, contractors. Uh, this is sort of the the epicenter for military people that have tested. Now that's changing, um, you know, things like with the chip, the fetal, some other long. things. But it's interesting because in, in right. Italy, unit in Italy that was uh, an army, an army command, uh, and Italy sh completely shut down. As you know, it's it's horrible in Italy and the, the death toll is staggering and, and the base that closest was at the epicenter uh, of where all the deaths were starting, the northern Italian region, Lombardy, Lombardy, Milan, uh, Venice, that area. Um, but they've had very, very, very few military people because they locked them down right away. And, and then the Italian government certainly locked everybody down. People thought, oh, that's an overreaction. Um, you know, that's that's an overreaction to do these kinds of things. It is not an overreaction at all. Um, uh, yeah, but um, I hope that answers the question about whether we know people in Stuttgart or in uh, New York. Heidi, anybody that you yeah, were I in do. contact with while you were out there prior to coming back or no? no I think she said there, no. Um, there is one person um, who... Um, I had met up with, she's my friend of many years. And, uh, right after I returned to Stuttgart, um, she and I had gone to a, a jazz club together and 
the next couple of days after that, she had a fever of about 102 and she still has a bad cough. Um, the one thing that I did not have was um, serious respiratory involvement. There was slight respiratory involvement for me. And the other thing that was extremely debilitating is I was nauseous. I couldn't eat for about two weeks. Anything I ate include and any medication I took, which was just aspirin, um, I couldn't keep down. I, I kept throwing up. It was it was debilitating. Uh, I, and that's the thing about, you know, people will look at COVID symptoms and we, there's a plethora of information about what the symptoms are for this. Um, but you don't ex actually maybe exhibit all of the symptoms or it comes in a variation. Like my variation is a little bit different than Heidi's. Um, but we didn't get her tested, even though we suspected that it was COVID because of the loss of taste and loss of smell. But the testing protocols here in Stuttgart. Uh, with the military community were a little bit different. They were, uh, you have to show a fever, a cough and respiratory issues in order mm -hmm. to be tested. And because of the testing, you know, is limited. Um, and, and so we had to deal with that. So we waited two weeks to have Heidi tested. And I did it mainly because I, I thought it would be important to get her tested because the work schedules that we were on uh, would have had me going back into the office. And while I wasn't necessarily showing uh, signs that I was sick, um, I was starting to get there. There were days that would come on, you know, where it's like you're punched in the face and fatigue uh, and doing that. But the reason I got, I decided to see if we could get her tested was I read about actually Sean Payton, the coach of the New Orleans Saints, because he had tested positive and his symptoms said that he didn't have cough or respiratory issues. He had a fever and it kind of tracked with what Heidi had. And it was like, huh, we should get tested just to see what, where that is. And he had lost his sense of taste. Right. And he lost his sense of taste. And so we got her tested um, and they wouldn't test me because they just presume that I'm positive because I'm close and because of the exposure. And sure enough, you know, we, we tested a week ago on uh, Tuesday, actually a week ago, Tuesday, got the results back on Thursday. Um, and then I started showing uh, signs fever. I finally started showing a fever, which was the sort of the, the way it was on Friday. So I've had a fever for six days now and just tired uh, fatigue, extreme fatigue uh, and that kind of stuff. So Heidi, are you having any like lingering symptoms now that you're further along and seemingly getting better? Um, it's mainly the fatigue and the exhaustion. I have a little more energy now than I did, but, um, normally I would be a very active person. And, um, I also, I love to cook. I was not able to cook anything for more than a month because I was so sick. I couldn't stand up in the kitchen. I, um, was, I chose to, to self-quarantine. Um, when I came back from New York. So fortunately, no one else was exposed to it, except unfortunately, John, because he um, lived with me. So yeah. There was no avoiding it. Uh, but I, I did not, uh, you know, go out and drive around or anything. For, for one thing, it was prudent to stay at home. And for another thing, I was so sick, I couldn't have gone out anyway. So... 
Yeah. The the thing is that coming back and getting a normal level of energy um, is uh, a hard road. Mm-hmm. And then, Dad, you think you're how far behind Heidi on the curve of symptoms? I, I keep trying to do the math. <coughs> Sorry. Um, I keep trying to do the math on it because I started exhibiting like chills um, probably four days after she got back. So around the 17th or 18th of March, I started feeling fatigued a little bit and I would get chills at night and then sweats in the morning, but I didn't have a fever and it would come and go and I didn't feel like horrible. Um, but it was like, so I looked at it and went, okay, that's where maybe it was there. But then in reality though, the where it really kind of knocked me out and and where I really knew it was probably last Wednesday, Thursday, about a week ago now, um, where I was there. So we're talking from Heidi, we're talking, um, uh, uh, she started exhibiting on the 14th and really of March. And I probably started feeling it around the 27th, 26th of March. So I'm about two weeks behind and watching her and having been with her through all of it and, you know, and, and having, you know, at the apex for her where we're having end of life conversations, you know, what do you this do? This is what to do with my ashes. Yeah. If I don't you know? wake up, this is what I'd like you to do with my ashes. And you don't ever want to have those conversations, <laughs> but you have to have those conversations. And it's there because I mean, you don't know. Go no, ahead. Continue, continue. No, no, no. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. So you just don't know. Um, you have these conversations and that just puts this emotional strain in addition to the physical ailments, you know, the physicalness of like just dealing with a fever. It's a fever like you've never really felt. I mean, we've all had the flu. We've all had a cold. Um, we've all been sick at one point or another, some very sick um, and and dealing with that. And and but this is it's just a completely different animal. I, I think what it is, is the cumulative effect in that I had a fever for more than two weeks. I've never, you know, I might've had a fever for three days, twice in my life, but to to have the cumulative effect of a fever somewhere between a two plus for two weeks, it's just debilitating. The other thing that it does is it robs you of your ability to concentrate or think or focus like your your mind is a blur and it's not not drug related whatsoever the the only thing i i took when i could keep it down was acetaminophen or theraflu so it has nothing to do with a drug induced haze it is a cumulative effect of a, a fever induced haze really i've never experienced that before yeah that's scary. That doesn't sound, I don't know, good at all. But, I mean, <laughs> so that's, that's honestly one of the main reasons, you know, that I think this is important to have you guys on. And I'm, and this is, I know that your whole purpose for doing it is to, to make this feel real for people. And obviously it's real for us because you guys have it, yeah. right? But for the people, yeah. you know, in the chat, we got a couple people that are sick, a couple people that, you know, are potentially even concerned if they have it or not. And then once you have it, it's a whole new stage of concern because you really don't know, like you guys said, where it's going to go. Yeah. Is like, I mean, I'm sure you were talking about a cumulative effect of how it feels on your body, but I'm sure there's that mental anguish that goes along with it too, just makes it even worse. I mean, I'm not experiencing any 
physical symptoms of being sick, but I know my anxiety is like <laughs> out the wazoo. And that just takes so, a bigger toll and, on your immune system as it is being, being anxious, having that additional stress. Are you guys able to like, how are the coping methods? I know you guys said you went in all through all the streaming services and have seen every show. So how are you guys at least getting yourselves comfortable and enjoying it while you have it, I guess? Yeah, well... Well, I mean, you, be, because as I said, you, you can't like, because uh, you're robbed of your ability to concentrate or really read anything, you just end up watching endless movies or, or basically we vacillate between the news, movies, and a few television shows just to uh, also take your mind off the fact that you've never been this ill in your life. Um, yeah. it, it, uh, I'll be right back. Sorry. It's, it's debilitating in that way. Um, John just um, went because our, our uh, friend and his boss uh, is delivering groceries for us. Yeah, I actually had a, uh, a question in the chat, Trent. He actually asked if you guys had any issues getting groceries, but it doesn't seem like you do, right? Because, you know, you're... No, you're no. Uh, um, when we went to get me tested, um, it was on the base that is right next to uh, the commissary. So um, I stayed in the car the whole time because I figured I, I was positive. We weren't as sure about John. So John went in and bought groceries, knowing that it was very likely we were going to be quarantined for another two weeks. And so we did the grocery shopping on Tuesday. I was told I was positive on Thursday. And that uh, that Thursday was six days ago. So um, we went through Gatorade and um, ginger ale. And, and now um, think... We're we're having uh, a lot of friends have said to us, "Can we bring you anything? Can we do anything?" And so we we really appreciate that and have not had a problem with it because we have um, good friends who who were kind enough to offer. We needed. Awesome. Um... I just reset the feed, guys, so you guys should come back on. It looks like we're actually having some issues, so I'm gonna kick you guys out real quick and then invite you guys back in. So okay. Just Let's see. I'm going to have them exit the stream. Okay. Oh, okay, guys. While that we have um, some viewers here, if you want to type some questions, if you have anything that we haven't gone over yet and answer to, please feel free to write in the chat um, some of your questions, whatever, whatever you want to know, whatever you haven't heard yet. Oh. How are you feeling, love? I'm feeling, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling health-wise, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, again, the reason for doing this, guys, and uh, JD, as he mentioned, wanted this to be a very uh, serious message for everyone. And it's, you know, they're, they're living through it right now. And I know a lot of people are, you know, might be removed from this in some way, but with the, the way it can go, everybody's going to be affected by this to some degree. You may not get it uh, yourself, but, you know, a loved one or a family member could get it. And there's... Uh, I think a certain set, a certain responsibility we all need to take in just making sure that we're listening to what they're suggesting in areas. And, uh, you know, again, you're seeing it. You're seeing how a little bit of travel and a little bit of interaction is uh, causing people to, you know, 
figure their their figure out whether or not they're gonna live like that's a scary it's a scary fucking message i don't know how to how else to put it and um you know it's intense so hey we got you guys back can you hear us are you guys you guys in good yeah we ran i think there was a question and heidi was talking about it the nice thing uh somebody asked about groceries and whether or not we're there we stocked up the day we got tested i went in the commissary because i wasn't showing anything and picked up some groceries and um and and then came home so we've had food the problem is we just haven't had an appetite to eat any of it so the important stuff the gatorade you know staying hydrated uh Gatorade, uh, some soup and those kinds of things uh, certainly uh, were needed. And so I called, we have a great, I have a great office that I work with. My boss um, actually just delivered. That's why I got up and had to do that. But yeah, so from a grocery standpoint or whatever, there's a lot of care and concern within my office, uh, my teammates that I have here um, to do that. Um, So we have a question in the chat about if the army is imposing any sort of different rules and regulations or is there a difference you see like military civilian or germany versus us or actually sum it up this way if you can what are the differences that you guys see in germany as opposed to the united states and then are you because you are army experiencing anything different you know yeah from what germany is experiencing so the army here in stuttgart has taken a very aggressive approach to uh, to to taking this on and isolating and changing hours of operation for things and splitting up in teams, if you will, where people can go shopping for three days every two weeks. Uh, you're on a red, white, or blue team and trying to keep <laughs> those kinds of things done. So they, you know, so there are some rules that have changed and doing that. Um, Germany is very, very strict about what they do, the the rules, and we we apply all of the rules of Germany to what we have to deal with. And that includes, um, uh, you cannot gather in groups larger than two. Um, you can't have anybody more than two. That includes in a house, uh, privately. Unless uh, it's a family. Unless it's a family. Um, but if you're out on the street, you can face fines of about a, $1,100 up to $25,000. Um, that that will restrict those kind of things. It turns out Stuttgart in the state we're in, Baden-Württemberg, is um, one of the epicenters for all of Germany for this. Um, there are uh, tens of thousands of cases here, uh, almost a fifth of the deaths um, in Germany. And luckily, you know, if you've watched any of the stats, Germany has had sort of a low death rate relative to uh, many other places. Um, they chalk that up to who knows, you know, Germans being fit and riding their bicycles all the time and and doing whatever. Uh, but it's not, but it's still who knows what that number is. So so the social distancing rules, uh, the commands, the command here for all military people have made it very strict and stringent. Uh, if you are found violating rules, you like for us for being quarantined, uh, if we try to get on the base uh, to go shopping, you know, just because we want to get out or we're driving around um, and they find that they could literally kick me out of my job, send me home uh, back to the States. Uh, they can uh, bar me from from the base. Uh, they they are, you know, and but other people like that, too. If you're in isolation um, or quarantine, you know, and there are different things that presumed, you know, contact exposure, but you're not showing symptoms. 
those kinds of people. There's hundreds of people that are here in, uh, in the military community that are that are dealing with that. But that's the main thing. I, I, but I, I'll say what the difference is. The main difference is um, the Germans, the Europeans are taking this much more seriously uh, than many places, including Texas, you know, including, Texas. including Austin. <laughs> yeah. Well, Texas, Mississippi. Uh, you look at some of these, you look at some of these, uh, uh, some of these states, say Florida, you know, where the idea of having a good time or infringing California in some cases, um, there is nothing wrong with stay at home orders. Uh, and doing those kind of things and shutting down essential services and or shutting down services uh, because it's the only way that this is going to break. Look, Heidi didn't have any idea where or what or who she came in contact with and got this. Um, Here's you don't, one, you one, don't know. One thing to think about, you know, the, there is the expression and bigger is one instance where you don't want it to be bigger in Texas. Believe me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, the we just had the, you mentioned it earlier when we were connecting, but the UT students that came back, right, from spring break, there was like 70 yeah. students that came back, 30 of them tested positive, right? Um, yeah. It was just on Monday that uh, that Trump announced that we're going to extend the uh, the uh, self dis or the social distancing and the quarantining until the 30th of April. Mm -hmm. What is the outline for you guys out there? What, what do they have you guys on lockdown? So, I mean, obviously you guys are going to isolate until you feel better, but what do they have like the actual national... Yeah. So at this point in time, it's just uh, nebulous. Um, the military follows what the Department of Defense is doing. And, and, you know, there was a 60 day ban on travel that came out, which puts it into the middle of May for anybody traveling uh, from unless it was like on a mission essential orders and that, which is not any of us um, uh, in order to do the things. The, the thing about the military is the military still has to maintain a sense of readiness. And what we look at, and we still have to be operational. We still have to be able to do the jobs that we're hired to do to protect, you know, whatever it is. So that's why there's this big emphasis on making sure, you know, and it doesn't happen throughout the Department of Defense from stories that I've seen. Um, you know, there are still commands, individual little commands across the world uh, where they're still gathering together and, and not taking it as seriously as it is. We're in a way fortunate that they're that they're doing that. So but from a German standpoint, I think we're looking at the beginning of May, the mid-May is where they're looking at it right now. But until those, you know, they talk about the apex curves and, you know, when yeah. it actually hits and when it goes down. Yeah. So so mm -hmm. it's just you sit and you wait and you do the things that you need to do and you forecast out. What uh, so how do, how is it looking as far as like the economy goes? What what kind of message are they sending out there? Are you guys obviously we're getting our stimulus package? Mm, here. They passed a couple yeah. bills. Is the guys impacting you hard? As far as that's concerned, are they doing anything um, to help help the the residents or not? Yeah, no, they have <coughs> the German the German economy um, haven't seen much impact on there. The grocery stores are still open. Uh, you know, they're still, they're still doing their, um, uh, <coughs> sorry, their, um, uh, so you can go to grocery stores, they shut down hair stylists and, you know, and those kinds of contact kinds of places, houses of prostitution here in Stuttgart got shut down a couple weeks ago, which Aww. is probably a horrible thing for some people, uh, <laughs> not, whatever. Um, probably a fantastic thing for everybody. Different kind of gig. <laughs> 
Oh, no. you got to be worried about but, um, catching different there, there things. But, but the idea is um, it's about being smart. It's really interesting, too. You know, this run on toilet paper that we saw, the panic on toilet paper, which I don't understand at all. But it was and it is. In Germany, the culture is different about how people shop here, too. The Germans in particular, uh, they buy for their family and they buy enough to use what they have because typically refrigerators are smaller. There's not a lot of space to store things. Uh, so they go and they buy a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables and, you know, fresh, fresher food. Uh, and they do those kinds of things. So while people are out and shopping, but they like in the grocery stores, though, they'll allow, I think it's a max of 10 people at a time in a grocery store. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they can go and they do that. But the, so people, but there isn't, from what I've seen, I'm mean, locked up here, there isn't a sense of panic and there isn't a sense of, you know, the crisis, if you will, like you see in the news and you see in some places, uh, deservedly so in some places, um, you, you, you don't have, um, you don't have some of that, uh, you know, that that kind of crisis kind of stuff going yeah. on. The, the mindset is is different about shopping. They don't have things like Costco and warehouse foods and things like that. They just it's not a part of their culture. They'll go to the grocery store two or three times a week and get whatever it is they're they're going to cook for the next two or three days. And and that's it. They they do not um, panic incorporate culture yeah. a stockpile shopping mentality they don't which in many ways is a good thing and that's why there is not the panic of oh there's no toilet paper or there's no this that or the other thing it's it's not a part of their culture so what do you think is going to happen here to us in the u.s based on the way our government's um calling the shots oh and boy what do you think they should do what would be the best April thirtieth, mind you? You guys are mid-May. Your projections are to be shut down to like mid-May. Ours just got pushed back to April thirtieth, and I still don't think that's long enough. I don't think mid-May. Yeah, is long enough. I, you know, I think um, I think the crisis, in personal opinion here, the crisis has been handled horribly in the United States. Um, some pl places better than others. I think New York is handling it spectacularly. You know, Governor Cuomo uh, is doing a great job That's with what he has and what they're doing. He's but you you job. can look around the states and you look at the, you know, you look at some of the con, but that's America. You know, that's just how we are. Um, mm -hmm. What My guess is it's coming. You know, it's like winter is coming from Game of Thrones. You know, it's like it is coming. If that's the message, I think of any message that's there is it's coming. And the only way it's not going to get you uh, is for you to do and practice the kinds of things that are being that are being talked about. Whether or not the governor says you need to do it, uh, whether or not you're not your whoever, your local city, uh, whoever it is, there is enough evidence and enough statistics on this right now where, and if you look at the kinds of things that we we are well past, you know, trying to control this. It's going to run its course, and what's going to happen is it's just going to run through. Um, you can't – it's impossible to lock down the United States of America. I don't think you can do it. It's just not going to happen. But it's the individual – the thing that we're taught – you know, I served in the Marine Corps for 21 years. The things that we're taught is about personal responsibility and accountability, yes. and it's a personal decision that you make. Uh, in order to do something about this. The personal decisions are what matter. Yeah. 
So those who are listening and those who are there and the message that we want to get out is, one, you don't want to go through this because it's absolutely horrible when you don't know what the outcome is going to be. We're fortunate so far. You know, I don't know whether I could take a turn for the worse. That's the mental part of this is, you know, whether I'm going to get I'm past. Where am I? I'm at the 20 percent and I at the 70 percent and my 50 percent. Where where am I in this? Heidi, luckily, is probably 85, 90 percent through this already. Um, but taking personal responsibility and looking, is it worth going to the beach? Is it worth crowding into, you know, a store with a whole bunch of other people? Is it, you know, a nice, beautiful park, you know, Zilker Park or wherever? You know, is it worth going out there when there's a whole bunch of people on a beautiful spring day uh, to kind of hang out, to go do whatever you're going to do? It's not worth it. (laughs) It's just not, it's not worth it. It comes down to that personal responsibility because you're not protecting yourself. You're protecting everybody else. You're protecting your, you know, your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather. Uh, sure, they're talking, you know, most people that die from this are older, have underlying conditions, but that's not, not always, always the case. It's not, it's not, it's not. And that's, it's, it's coming out that, you know, people are, aren't being, you know, taken care of here. That was actually going to lead into one of my next questions is, is there, are you guys having an overcrowding issue? Is there, because there are people that are dying here that aren't being treated because they're not showing multiple symptoms or they fall within a line of the people that aren't, you know, at risk of potentially dying. And, you know, you have younger people dying specifically within like the late thirties to early 40 age range. Right. So are you guys, you know, is there, if things did get worse, you know, God forbid, are you guys in a, in a position where you could, you know, seek medical help? You guys have, you know, ICUs to go to or emergency yeah. rooms to go to? And there is, and there is, it's the same issue here is the hospital. Uh, when we went and got tested last, what, last week, you know, the, because I work as a civilian now for the army, but I have civilian medical insurance. Um, all of our medical care is out on the on the economy. It's out with German hospitals. And they basically told us when we were there that you will pretty much get turned away unless you were in a life-threatening situation. Um, and they were turning people away because they just don't have the capability. The German medical system is actually very, very good uh, in a lot of ways. And they, and they do the kinds of things that they need to do. But it's, again, it's a matter of space and time and, you know, and how many people are there, you know, where there are 700 or 800 or a thousand people using, you know, critical care beds, that's the capacity of Stuttgart, you know, so what do you do and where do you send people? And that's where part of the fear is too, is, you know, when you start looking at it and, you know, my, the advice to me was, well, if you start feeling, you know, breathing issues and you don't have, you know, your, your breathing issues become something, uh, then you need to call the 911 number here uh, and get to the hospital. But there's, you don't know what's going to be there or when that is and trying to make that decision and, you know, without being, um, being there. One thing I would say as far as looking forward and any informed decision-making process, uh, follow the science first. You know, I, I sincerely believe in what Dr. Anthony Fauci has to say and other noted immunologists and uh, epidemic specialists, um, virologists, people who have spent their life studying these things. And I believe we must be led by the, the science first and everything else will 
fall in line afterwards because if we're not led by the science, then more people will die. That That's just it. Are you guys getting a lot of like fear mongering on the media out there? How is it being positioned media wise? Because I know that's a big issue out here. People are still going back and forth. It's the Democrats, the Republicans, yada, yada. Like there's a lot of misinformation being put out there. How's the media handling it out there? Well, since we don't speak German media, um, you know, watching what's going on and how they're doing that, it seems reasonable based on what we hear. But we watch a lot of, you know, U.S. news you know, MSNBC, um, CNN. Uh, CNN, some Fox, you know, because you kind of look at it and you look, you at, look where, at the spectrum, where the spectrum is <laughs> and what's being reported. And so, and, ha and that's my, my job, you know, professionally is for 30 years, I've worked as a public affairs or I've dealt with these media for 30 years. It's my job and trying to understand what they do and, and what they're trying to do. And, and the, a lot of thoughts about where and what you see, and there is fear mongering, these kinds of things. And but the but as Heidi said, you know, follow the science, follow the facts. Look what's happening. Look what's happening in New York. They're not kidding around. They're not. It's you know, New York didn't pick it. New York has it because they're you know a very popular, dense. You know, the population is a very dense place there. So it's kind of hard to escape. We've lived there. You know, the eeriest photos that you look when you see things when are like look at Times Square. Times Square it's in, yeah, the, Saturday, in the, the bodies up in the trucks and shit. I like, know. It's not good. The apocalypse. And it's just, um, it's kind of the feeling too is, you know, I just remember that, you know, walking around here, we feel like, you know, we're part of the zombie apocalypse. That's one of the feelings you have. Just the tiredness is just, is just, you know, this slow motion, slothy yeah, kind of. It's I for for weeks now I have told people I feel like uh the sloth in Zootopia. You know, that he, <laughs> he can't yeah. move quickly at all. Um uh, today is the first day in about three weeks that I felt like I um could move slightly faster than the sloth in Zootopia. Yeah. <laughs> The idea is just, just be smart. Just, you know, everybody gets their choice, but to, you know, to, you know, you don't want to wish this on your worst enemy, to be honest. Nope. You know, we all have some enemies that we would, you know, think about every, every once in a while in a deep, dark place and go, yeah, okay. But um, <laughs> uh, you can't, it's not, it is not, it's, it's just, it's, just a scary thing. And that goes, um, you know, from an emotional standpoint, we talked about it a little bit, but that uncertainty and that unknown is probably the biggest thing that people will have to deal with. You know, oh, we're locked down, you know, it's coming in the summer, it's coming in the, you know, springtime, when is this going to end? Uh, we just have to persevere and just wait it out and see and see where it goes, but protect each other. I mean, that's all that I pray and ask for is that that we're protecting each other from this. You know, I knew when Heidi went, you know, we talked about it before she left because the coronavirus was just starting. You know, there were talks and there was one of the cruise ships and whatever. And she was going on a cruise and it was like, huh, you know, do you or don't you? And it was like, OK, well, we'll take the chance. And um, and it wasn't the cruise ship. It was New York. It wasn't. It wasn't, New you know, York. but it was like before this blows up when you go from you know takes a month to go from from one to a, a thousand deaths and then in what eight days you're at three thousand yeah and growing and this exponential kind of stuff and most people granted most people will recover from this 
most people are going to recover. We will recover, I'm sure. And um, uh, but trying to think that at three o'clock in the morning when you're sweating out of fever and your chest is starting to feel tight and you can't sleep because you've been up and you know on whatever and, and you're you're up for twenty hours, you know, watching stupid shows on on uh, friggin' Netflix or wherever. You know, it's like it's it plays these mind games. Uh, it's it's. It's just awful. It's not worth getting. A couple months lockdown is way worth it. You healthy, you can still go to the park. You can still social distance and be around and get in the fresh air and do those kind of things. What you just don't need to do is go find a bar or a club or a whatever or go gather a bunch of friends together and go do things like this and talk to your friends and, and be on and, and to be able to do that. Take care of each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's scary. We love you guys, and it's you know it, it hits home for us, yeah, and it's obviously doing this. <laughs> doing this is 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 you know it's nice because people get to hear about it and get to experience that. But listening to you say it is hitting me and her a little bit differently. I think because it's just yeah. you know it is very real, yeah. and I think that for this reason specifically, but for your loved ones, like it's not worth. Yeah going and doing all this nonsense just for the sake of, you know, thinking it's not going to happen. Like it is very right. real and it's going to end up being real for everybody. I think, I think everybody's going to be affected by it and to a degree if, if they haven't already. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And that's the thing. And it will, it's going to affect somebody one way or another. I think everybody in this country will be even in the States that have, you know, you've watched the maps and that kind of stuff and people don't do that. And I think there's a lot of political irresponsibility going on in a lot of different ways and a lot of different areas. And again, it just goes, okay, so politically there are bad decisions being made, but politically there are bad decisions being made every day on a lot of different topics across the spectrum. You know, this isn't a Republican, a Democrat thing. This is a bad decisions being made by people that are trying maybe to do the right thing and to think about the right thing, but they're not. What they're what they're doing is they're looking at things like, is the economy worth it? You know, we took a we took a bath stock wise, you know, when the stock market crashed. Um, we we took a huge hit. Yeah. But is it worth it? Do what we down for a while? Yes, because the economy will come back. Life won't, yes. you know, that's the and thing. Exactly. Money that's doesn't matter, you know, does not matter. It's what you're talking about and why I love being able to do this and see you guys and that you guys are doing this and providing this service um, because we are able to see you and talk to you and, and to, you know, the last thing a dad wants to do is provide a lack of hope. You know, <laughs> sometimes I'm there. And well, that's kind of the hardest thing is, you know, Dads are supposed to be strong and whatever. And I was a Marine and, you know, did all these things and I do all this stuff and it's not all. And, but connecting and being able to connect even in isolation and in quarantine makes way more difference than, than, than sitting here and stewing about it and, and ruining that, you know, the, whether it's the president or whether it's the, Nancy Pelosi or whether it's whoever, who cares? Be led At the by end, the it doesn't science, matter. Be led by the science, not the politics. Use common sense and uh, just be careful and look out for your, yourself and, and your, your loved ones. Because at the end of the day, that's all we have. We, we don't have politics, but we do have family. And we do have science. We must be led by the facts of science. 
can't thank you guys enough and we love you guys it's getting deep everybody in the chat room supports you guys and thank you for for doing this and yeah if you everyone needs to hear this i'm gonna try to get whatever i can to get people to hear that because i mean i think again it's necessary we love you guys we're happy to uh we're happy to do it and um uh yeah just stay strong be smart stay strong um that goes for everybody yeah everybody you guys too yeah. and anybody the year whatever it is and i know it can be hard sometimes to be the ones that say you know what i am going to do this i'm going to just i'm going to i'm going to play by the rules that i know are smart you know sometimes you don't want to do it and sometimes it's not there and somebody's going to make an arbitrary decision that says oh yeah everything's opened up again think about it you know, this is teaching me that, you know, I'm a very social person. I pretty much am at a point where I don't want to socialize anywhere anymore. You know, <laughs> that's going to be hard to do. You know, it's like, ah, what is it? You know, now that we probably are immune to it, once we get through this. That's the good you news. You know, that's the good news. You, you end you know? up on the other side immune to it. And we'll look. But getting to the other side is a long, hard road. And we'll look for studies here and to see if, you know, they can take our blood and figure out you know, whether there's something in there and do part of the study to make it better for others. It will be better to wait the six or eight months or a year to get the vaccine going uh, yeah. and have a vaccine for this than uh, to worry about, you know, to to take some, you know, a moment of gratific- self-gratification that will lay you out for two weeks or three weeks on a couch. And if that's the worst of it, okay, you're laid out for two or three weeks on a couch. Yeah, but then you might just be laid out. So... Yeah, that so may anyway, not be the worst. Yeah. And I think the uncertainty, yeah. and, you know, everyone yeah. talks about uncertain yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love you guys. Uh, not we love you. We're going to let you guys you. go, let you guys get some rest. Thank you guys again for doing this. We love you. Is there any, so any last word Thanks. other than what you said? Yeah, any final thoughts? Not last words, but final thoughts. Yeah, not last words. <laughs> you can't have those for a long time. Uh, and take care of one another. And we love you. We love uh, all of you. Who are out there listening and just stay strong. You know, that's all we can do. Uh, we're in it together. Yep. Together. We love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Bye. everybody. Bye. You need to, uh, I think, just call. Uh,